Hey, everybody. Hey. 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 Uh, welcome to episode 103 wow. of the Big Planet Palace <laughs> podcast. Oh, boy. Hey, time keeps on slipping. We're all slowly dying. That's true. Hey. I'm quickly. All right, cool. We'll wow. talk to you guys next time. Later. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is episode 103. My name is Kevin. I'm Nick. I'm Jared. And um, yeah, a lot of good comics came out this week. Yeah, it was a pretty good week. Yeah. But but before we get to all this comics talk, you guys. Whoa. What have you guys been doing? <laughs> now, I know Jared did some fun oh, stuff. Oh, Jared, what did you do? I what kind of fun three stuff? Three stories of a mixture uh, of fun and not fun. I'll be, I'll be right back. Story number one. I went to the DC car show. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, it was very strange. Was there any WWE wrestlers there? Nope, but there was a... Were there girls in bikinis? No, but there was a Hyundai, which had been <laughs> oh, okay. uh, dressed up by The Walking Dead to be a zombie survival oh, vehicle. Oh, Lord. But it literally said <laughs> The Walking Dead and Skybound comics on it. It was super weird. So I guess, I guess in the new episode of Walking Dead, there'll be a Hyundai. Uh, it, there's a Hyundai in yeah. every episode of Walking yeah. Dead. The, fu- the funny thing about it is that it's like a... A 2014 Hyundai or whatever. So, oh, yeah, like, what, are they still making them? Yeah. Are they just like, I mean, we only know what's going on in Georgia, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess they're getting them shipped down to Georgia yeah. somehow. Well, we uh, don't know. Like, so I don't know if the Hyundai in the show is a 2014 Hyundai. It probably is. Probably. But, like, <laughs> no, it is. It's always, like, the newest model. Now that, like, so many of the factories are robots now, so we're going to have the robots versus zombies in episode, like, season four or something. Oh, just like that uh, Ashley Wood comic. Yep. Yeah. That's zombies what that's versus about. Robots. Yeah, it's about a Hyundai factory <laughs> that gets overtaken by robots. Hold on. Let me write that down. <laughs> Genius. That's my next comic. Um, okay. So, uh, what, what else? Then, Story number two. Immediately after that, I went and saw a Chilean film that's up for the Oscar called Gloria, which was really good. Oh, I want to go see, um, we're in Washington, D.C. We are. For new listeners. Mm-hmm. Hey, welcome. This is a comic book podcast, the most comprehensive comic book <laughs> podcast on the internet. In the world. Um, and, uh, yeah, they're showing all the Oscar-nominated animated shorts, yep. and I want to go oh, to that. I want to see those. Yeah, I always want to see those, playing the same night. Do. Yeah, and I was like, oh, we should go see that. But I want to go out. to the Frozen sing-along, too, but I don't want to go by myself. Yeah, you got, like, a million friends who would go to that with you. You should go, do like, I? during the yeah. day when there's, like, lots of little kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, that's what, that's the thing. It's like, I can't go to, you, yeah. I can't go to kids' movies by myself. Have you seen me? Yeah, right. <laughs> but like, get this guy out of here. Oh, they're actually doing a Miyazaki Film Festival at the end of the month down there. That's oh, cool. We For all our listeners in Washington, D.C. By, the, by yeah. the way, I I was scrolling through Netflix yesterday. and not Hold on. All, Quick question. Oh, yeah. What's Netflix? It's a thing where you watch streaming movies. Oh, but there's it's a, like um, uh, Quickster. It's like exactly. <laughs> it's a little, bit like, a little bit like Blockbuster On Demand. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, cool. But basically, I, I, I was scrolling through there, and I saw not only did I see the Rabbi Rabbi's Cat animated movie is on there. It's awesome. Which John I was like, Star oh, comic. snap. But right next to it was the Tatsumi animated movie. And I was like, wait, what? what? There's a Tatsumi animated movie? <laughs> yeah. I animated in that, the style of Tatsumi's art. I remember I sent that like trailer around. Oh, I don't think that I movie actually, actually came saw out. That. It's oh, really? on Netflix. It's and I was really excited to That's see cool. It. If people don't know who Tatsumi is, Yoshihiro Tatsumi, correct? Right? Yeah. yeah. Sounds about right. Uh, he wrote Drifting Life, and he's, he's one of the greatest... Uh, this is Japanese comic artist yeah, of all time. Probably. I think this is basically Drifting Life because oh, that's about yeah. him, right? Yeah, yeah. it looks yeah. amazing, and it looks oh, like my. that. It looks like the same style. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I was so excited. <laughs> I, I definitely like, want what? to watch that. Also, the movie about VHS, which I think you probably saw. What's that? Uh, the well, there are two movies about VHS. <laughs> well, there's one that's kind of bigger. Have I talked about my VHS collecting on here? I think I have. Yeah, yes, we still need to do our horror podcast. You guys haven't been doing that? No, no, no we haven't been doing it. Trust me. No we wonder I can't talk about it, it on yeah. here all the time. Uh, there's one called Adjust Your Tracking. Is it that one? 
No. Okay, it's the other one then. Uh, be kind. Please. Re- no, that's that. <laughs> no, that would be amazing. I know what you're talking about though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to watch it really bad. Which it's good about VHS. Yeah, uh, yeah. VHS movies are fun. I actually watched a couple VHS movies this past week. I watched Prom Night. Nice. It's okay. Maybe that was the only one I watched. <laughs> I was going to watch Terror Train, but I didn't watch that. Did you watch Prom Night Two? Hello, Mary Lou. No. Does that have Jamie Lee Curtis in it? I think so. She's uh, hypnotizing that movie. She does a lot of disco dancing, and um, no. it's 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 pretty amazing. Nice. Um, so what else did you do? Yeah, there? Jared. Story number three. All right. So this I got to blame on my roommate. Uh, it's been a long time since we've watched Star Wars, so we are watching all the Star Wars movies in chronological order. Oh boy. In chronological order of when they came out? No. Oh, boy. Yep. We've watched one and two so far. Oh, you and- watched episode two? Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I watched episode two. Have you watched episode one recently? <laughs> episode one is better than episode two. No. Yes. No, no, At least episode no. one has a good part in it. Uh, episode two has some good parts in it. What part? The part where they fight those things in the Coliseum? Yeah, there's like <laughs> there's great. like action scenes that actually make sense and have some sort of bit of drama to them. There's a the, the, pod race that makes you Yoda, Yoda doing screen. flips and stuff. The, la- yeah. the laser sword fight in episode one, they're called laser swords, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, is great. The one with Darth Maul. Yep, where you're like, wow, this is almost like a video game. And then episode two, you're like, definitely a video game. How about game. the one with Yoda and Dooku? That's yeah. in, that's in episode two. Yeah, <laughs> which was good. It's That's the worst thing I've ever no. seen in my entire <laughs> life. No. Did I, I talk about the Star Wars minute? Star Wars hate mail. Yes. I've been still listening to that, and it's pretty fun. I, watched, I listened to the first one. It was pretty amazing. It's Yeah, it's ridiculous. But yeah, it, that's the thing. Uh, I talked about it last time, but... Each episode is about one minute of Star Wars. Yeah. So on the one I just listened to, they're like, this one was just droids walking in the desert. <laughs> uh, but still, nice. it was awesome. They talked about that for 10 minutes. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So you episode two is really bad, man. Yeah. It's better than one. Like, really? Like, one? See, one was written entirely by Lucas, and two was written by, like, plotted by him and co-written with him and someone else. John so, like, and Hale? Yeah. yeah. So, it, like, actually had some, like, almost funny lines and, like, story almost made sense. You know, it was, like, a better written movie. It just, it the just first has so dreadful. It has that 50s diner. It just yeah, has yeah. a couple, oh, it's like, got terrible. A couple <laughs> really, really well, terrible. Well, I'm scenes. not saying it all. Oh, it's a good movie. It is better than the first one. Yeah. There's I, a lot less Jar Jar. I, I can see that. I think I like them slightly more as they went along, maybe. I, episode three is my. Episode two is my least favorite. Episode three is pretty bad, too. But yeah. episode one, I like the best. No. You know what? At least it looks kind of good. No. It looks better than episode two. Really? Episode two. They all look the same. Uh, episode, no, episode two, they kind of stepped up on like some of the, the like, CGI On the exact stuff. same screen, green screen. Yeah. Well, episode one was uh, has a lot of practical sets, and it was shot on film. Ooh. Yeah. But there's, anyway. There's still scenes where people are looking at CGI aliens and not looking at their eyes. <laughs> there's it's, a scene in episode one where they're sitting around... Uh, um, What's what's the kid's name? Anakin Skywalker <laughs> and his mom, Little Darth Vader, Slave, Slavica Skywalker, or whatever. Qui Jin is like, "Hey, my name's Qui Jin. How's it going?" And you can see Natalie Portman mouthing his line at the. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. All the CGI in that movie, they did not cut that out. Oh, also, the one has all of the Jar Jar in it. Yeah, it's yeah. so bad. <laughs> it's great. Uh, oh, yeah, yep. Jar Jar Binks' voice was a temp track. Uh, Ahmed Best was not supposed to be the voice of Jar Jar Binks, but hey, oh, they, really? they loved it so much. Yeah, they well, just went it with great. it. Someone loved it so yeah. much. Yep, probably some George Lucas's grandson or something. <laughs> no, his his racist grandfather. He's like, that's hilarious. <laughs> Wait, his George Lucas's racist grandfather? Yeah, he's like 135 years old. Yeah, anyone younger would be like, uh, that's a racist yeah, this is, character. This is not okay. We should not use these characters. Um, so I guess the big question is that's on everybody's mind. Are you going to watch the Ewok movies after you watch Return of the Jedi? Oh, man. Yeah. 
are don't they take place before Return yeah. of the Jedi? Yeah, they're prequels. I have to watch them. Before. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah. Boy. The real question is: that, Am I going to watch Droids and Ewoks, the cartoon shows, after? Them? Well, I, I, they could not be prequels. I don't know. Yeah, that's um, a question. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Are you? Those are great. Probably those not. are better than Episode One and Two. <laughs> yeah, they are. First um, one for sure. Ewok Adventure. Good yeah, it's stuff. got a giant. It's got stormtroopers in it. Mm-hmm. It's got a giant. Does it? Yeah, they. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they uh, the, the ones who like shoot down the ship. What's the, the yeah? There's like a scene that's like the scouring of the Shire. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're just killing Ewoks. I think. Uh, what about you, Nick? What have you been up to? <laughs> uh, what did I do? I'm gonna go to the Baltimore Aquarium tomorrow. Woohoo! Okay, we'll save it for but next week. I haven't week, actually buddy. done anything <laughs> else. Um, Nothing. Just just planning this aquarium trip. Yeah, just plan. That's all I've been, been doing. Changing all week. trips all week. Yeah, he's been trying to go on vacation. I was for like gonna three go weeks. to New York. Yeah, not going to New York. Anymore. Yeah, good times. Cool. Good I was story. going to New York last weekend, and then I realized the Super Bowl was happening, so I didn't oh, go. Oh, yeah. Did you watch the Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. I did That's watch something. the Super Bowl. I watched was there Super Bowl, a party? And I got really drunk. Was there um, drinking? Yep, there was a lot of drinking. Jared, did you watch the Super Bowl? I was rooting for the Seahawks, so I was pretty excited when they... They won, right? Destroyed the... Yeah, it was... I, by the way, I did not watch the Super Bowl, All if right. you couldn't tell no, by what I said, they won, right? It I watched like the beginning of the Super Bowl. 42 to 8 or something? Oh, okay. Like yeah, it was, what, how long was it till they scored? What was the score when they finally... Uh, they scored 42 times? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like 30-something to zero. Yeah, it was like time. that in like the half, and people were like, ooh. I turned it on for like a second, and... Uh, a dude caught a uh, kickoff and then just ran all the way into the end yep. zone. I was like, I was like, oh, okay, this is pretty, pretty rough. Good. Yeah, no, the, the opening was uh, they tried to snap the ball back and they missed, and it was a safety within like the first fifteen seconds of the game. Was, oh yeah, I just heard like, that Mark Ugh. Cuban won twenty million dollars off of that play oh, by really? betting on it. Yeah, no, nice. wow. he like put down money that the first play would be a safety, and it was like really? sixty to one odds or something. Wow, really? Yep, and he won a bunch of money. That's Good for crazy. him. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Well, I guess unless it was part of the thing, he's like, I will totally do a safety for twenty million. <laughs> yeah, probably. Million. Yeah. Um, wow. what, did, what did I do? I'm just stalling because I didn't. I don't think I really You've did been much. Scribbling. I mean, I yeah, I've been writing Secret stuff. Things. Yeah. Cool. But it's all stuff I can't talk about right now. So that's that's cool. You can not talk about talking about. It. Yeah. But yeah, I've been doing that. Been writing. Um, and I watched Wolf of Wall Street. Oh yeah, which I really liked a lot. Um. A lot of people are saying like, "Oh, it's bad." These people in this movie are bad people, but it's like that's the point, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, okay, yeah. It's like it, it's not called the the friendly lambs of Wall Street. Well, it's slightly <laughs> presented from the point of view of the characters, so it well, it's is, like you watch like Godfather, and it's like oh, these people are right, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now some people do. That, I think though. people think <laughs> I, be, I think people think that they romanticize the lifestyle oh. a little bit, but you know, it's 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 all start, sort of still a cautionary tale, and that's right. yeah. that's not what it is. Yeah, uh, I think that's about it, though. Yeah, it was really. it was actually nice out a little bit this weekend. Oh, finally! I went yeah. to the I went to a market and bought some Aleppo pepper, some, some frozen <laughs> frozen vegetables. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. I'm boring. Sweet, sweet. Let's, let's get some into news. some news. <laughs> this just in: Jeff Johns and John Romita Jr. named new Superman creative team. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. I'm so, taking, I, I take that back. So, Jeff Johns <laughs> was, was taking off Aquaman, I guess, to be put on Superman because they were like, oh, Superman really sucks right now. We need somebody to write it who who is like, we know can, our, can do it. Our good writer. Because uh, I think. Uh, one of our two good writers. I think they were like, uh, the people that are going to buy Aquaman at this point are still going to buy it. Nobody cares right. anymore. And uh, I don't know. It's going to drop off pretty bad. <laughs> we we got our Superman books in the last issue that came out. And Kelly, who works at me with the store at the store, we were counting the issues. And she was like, 
this can't be right. We get more Superman copies than this, right? Yeah. Nope. And it's like, nope. nope. Nobody yeah. reads Superman. Yeah. Action Comics, by the way, is really good right now. Yeah, Greg really Pack good. and Aaron Cooter are actually doing a really good job so on it. That's what I mean. It's like, why not put him on something else that needs a real boost so you have like... Well, like, Superman, the, the core sure, Superman you title have, needs a huge boost. Yeah, but then they should take the Action Comic dudes and put on Superman if that all they cared about is the title. Like, there's a great Superman title. There's not a lot of other books. There, there are a lot of other DC books that could... You know, like, you know, Aquaman... But you know, the, Aquaman was not a good selling title until they put Johns on it. So why not put him on something that legitimately needs a boost? Yeah, sure. <laughs> that would be amazing. well because I think they think they can they can probably double the numbers on Superman right, right now right. by putting Jeff Johns on it. And and they've got like a bunch of Superman movies coming out. That's true. And as much as people critically like the um, action comics yeah. right now, it's not like it's selling gangbusters, gangbusters because yeah. of the team that's on it. But uh, uh, but the best part of this gangbusters uh, is a great word. This article. <laughs> Which I, the one I got was from Newsarama, but it was all over the place. But the best line in this uh, was that John's taking over the Superman title would mean Scott Lobdell is currently without an ongoing series at DC Comics. Let's dance. Scott Lobdell is gone. <laughs> Don't let the door hit you on the way out, Scott. Scott. Bye, Scott. Bye. On a first name basis. I realized yeah, yeah, I just call him Scott. <laughs> I was literally thinking about this the other day that for our hundredth podcast, which we did live, we should have done a live reading of his uh what got was it the the drug cat issue. Was that oh, Justice boy. League? Oh yeah. That wasn't Scott Lobdell, that was JT Cruel. Oh was it? Yeah, that yeah. was JT Cruel. Oh Krul. man. We, we should have done a live do that. We should have done a live reading. I think a dramatic reading. We should have done a Skype with him. We should do <laughs> an interview. <laughs> we should do a live reading of Rob Liefeld's autobiographical film script. Oh yeah. We should. Where he talks about meeting Easy. <laughs> yeah, we should. Let's do that. Definitely do that. Let's do that. I can get some sound effects. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> It'll be great. Uh, Special episode yeah, coming so up. So, one of the other crazy thing about this is John Romita Jr. is his first DC stuff in like decades. Yeah, what wow. did he do? Has he? Uh, he's I done stuff like way in the past. I mean, that's cool. I, you know, this makes me more excited about Superman yeah. than I yeah. was five minutes ago. I'll definitely check it out. <laughs> Not like super excited, but slightly more. Uh, Jeff Chons is a decent writer. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. It, it depends on what he's doing. I feel like I feel like the stuff that DC has him writing now is not. What he excels at, right? Like mm-hmm. all this kind of forever evil, yeah. super gritty, super violent stuff, is not like the stuff I love from Jeff Johns was all the character stuff in yeah. JSA right. and Teen Titans, and yeah. I love those early issues of Aquaman as well. Yeah. I just, I, I, I don't know. I yeah. hopefully this is a little bit more of a grounded. We'll personal yeah. Superman but not story like, that's right. so stupid, right. but not like grounded. Yeah, but not like grounded by J. Michael Straczynski and the other, and Chris Roberson. Finish yeah. that they, up. They, I believe. Just walk around the the U.S. Oh. And, fixing uh, cars, yeah, playing basketball, and, and have stories about aliens from outer space <sighs> that are about immigration. Yeah, just walking there. Uh, another piece of news: Batman group editor Mike Martz left DC and is returning to Marvel as executive editor. Huh. Yeah, as an executive editor, okay. there are a few, few different positions that are that. Right. But uh, he's not replacing um, what? Who's the e- editor in chief over there? Oh, Axel Alonso. Axel Alonso. Yeah. yeah, but uh, this is interesting because this is um, le- this is because of the DC move to LA. Yeah, because right. he didn't want to leave New York. Yeah, yeah, so they're they're probably losing quite a bit of staff. Like, not everybody's going to want to move across the country. Yeah. Which you know, it's it's rough for the people that work there, and I think yeah. I think it kind of sucks. Um, but. It's it's interesting to see that a couple people are already jumping ship over yeah. to um, Marvel. Yeah. Nick has a little more information about this. Uh, I guess he, it says Martz uh, worked previously in Marvel through the 90s but he, and the mid-aughts writing, you know, editing stuff like New X-Men, 
um, Wolverine Origin, Black Panther, Astonishing X Men, Exiles, like some some books so that some were good pretty stuff. good. Those were yeah. that's like the Morrison new X Men and the yeah. and the Joss Whedon yeah, the Astonishing good. and is that the Christopher Priest Black Panther right. stuff? Yeah, yeah. 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 Exiles so, was really good. Yeah, Exiles was great when it started. So yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's we'll cool. See. Yeah. Nope. Uh, next piece of news, we got a few casting news things. Casting news. First of them, I'll talk. I'll talk first of all. I'm gonna do this out of order. We're like Wizard Magazine (laughs) online. Uh, (laughs) This just broke. Actually, like as I was printing stuff out, I was like, "Wait, there's another one." Uh, So Variety reported that uh, Lost and Hobbit star Evangeline Lilly is in early talks to play the female lead in Ant Man. Edgar Wright's Ant Man. That's cool. Sure. So uh, Wasp, maybe. That'd be pretty cool. I don't know because it's not Hank Pym, so I don't know. It says that she'd be maybe in multiple movies. We'll see. Interesting. I, I'm excited about Edgar Wright Ant Man. All yeah. of every Edgar Wright movie is good. Yeah. Yep. So that's great. That's um, always a good sign. Some more <laughs> casting. Uh Dwayne the Rock Johnson. He he wrote a hashtag online that made people the internet explode. Cause uh he put up a picture of him in like uh one of the producers of the of the Batman Superman movie up and he his hashtag was John Stewart can still whoop Superman's ass. People this is exploded. funny because we were talking about this the other day, right? And you were like, "Who would the Rock play in a Justice League movie?" Because yeah. I guess he's going to be in it. Yeah, I'd be like, John Stewart would be pretty cool. Yeah, and there you go. And uh, so maybe he is, maybe not. That's maybe good. he just really likes John Stewart. Maybe he was talking about John Stewart from The Daily Show. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> he was. He was also in talks with DC to be in the movie. So, yeah. uh, and then the last and the most important piece. Of news, uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Jeremy Irons are cast as Lex Luthor and Alfred. They're both playing both characters. <laughs> um, this actually transitions right into a question that we have. But uh, Jared wanted to say also they're making a DMZ TV, TV show. All right, on Sci-Fi. So sounds exciting. There yeah. we go. All right, let's let's get into some questions. All right, so Mark Miller sent in a question. If you guys don't know Mark Miller, uh, he's um, he he's currently writing kick ass right? yeah he currently writes kick ass three podcast favorite <laughs> uh is anybody reading kick ass three i am are you how Off is it on. it's pretty good okay it's uh, like the others <laughs> cool sounds great uh so the news was just announced that jesse eisenberg will play lex luther he means the news on this podcast it was just announced here <laughs> yeah <laughs> and jeremy irons will play alfred in the superman versus batman movie my questions are these question number one has anyone ever thought of Alfred as being remotely as slimy as all the characters Jeremy Irons plays? Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I can only think of Jeremy Irons being like a slimy dude. He's kind of like a James Spader type. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he played Scar in Lion King. He was in Dead Ringers, <laughs> the, uh, the David Cronenberg movie. Um, he was in uh, Lolita. I just saw a thing, Jared. This is for you because you're watching. You're about to watch episode three. Oh, boy. Uh, the fight at the end of... Episode three is exactly like the fight at the end of the Lion King. <laughs> okay, uh, <laughs> it is true. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. He, he was in that. Oh, he was in Lolita, like that new Lolita yeah. with Dominique Swain. <laughs> yeah, everybody's favorite. Uh, when you can't get Bijou Phillips, get Dominique Swain. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I feel like he'll basically be the uh, Alfred that was in like Year. Uh, what is it called? Earth, Earth One. Earth One. Earth One. Where he was like a. Like Ex- a SAS dude, super yeah. tough bodyguard hired by the Waynes, which makes and, sense. Which makes sense also because yeah. uh, I think Jeff Johns is kind of in charge of a lot of the movie stuff over oh, at yeah. DC, and that was his version of Alfred. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, and no, I've never thought of Alfred as being that slimy. But, yeah. you know, Jeremy Irons is an actor, so maybe yeah. he can... Stretch a little. <laughs> maybe he can pull it off a little bit. Yeah, he's got the gravitas of it. The, yeah. The age. Yeah. Uh, question number two. Is it possible that Jesse Eisenberg will somehow pull this off by taking... Uh, uh, this is worded weird. Yeah, okay. Is it possible that Jesse Eisenberg will somehow pull this off by taking his performance as Mark Zuckerberg and turning it up like three notches of evil? Um, my guess is that's exactly what they're going yeah, for. pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, is, like, Jesse Eisenberg will be, like, Kid Lex Luthor, who's, like, taking over the company yeah. or built a company from scratch when he was 19 years old or whatever. Right. And he's going to be an evil uh, kid genius or whatever. Right. Uh, it kind of stinks of, like, Superman 3 or something, though. <laughs> yeah. Right? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like he's going to be launching rockets on skateboards or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be <laughs> like, amazing. Um, uh, and then question three, what are the odds of this movie legitimately being worse than Green Lantern? Yeah, Oof. is that not possible? Yeah, uh, I think... I don't know. I, you know... Because uh, uh, one of the big problems with Green Lantern is they threw too much in. And they're right. sticking a lot of things, a lot of characters, and a lot of plots. But this will also be two hours and 45 minutes long. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I, th- I feel like this will be more about superman and batman and then these other casting be like, like cameos like wonder woman and all that will just kind of show up at some point like at the end or something like a cameo i mean yeah. the thing the thing with green lantern i think the one of the biggest problems with green lantern there was a lot of stuff going on in that movie that was really bad there's like three movies there was like sinestro's turn at the end didn't make yep. any sense and like uh blake lively and ryan reynolds don't have any any chemistry blake and, just and blake lively is yeah, yeah doesn't have any just like uh, human chemistry rock. going through her body, <laughs> and uh, uh. I think the problem with this movie will be that it's directed by Zack Snyder, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, I didn't see Man of Steel, but Nick, you finally watched Man of Steel. I did, right? You did. Man of you Steel. betrayed us. I did. How was uh, it? No, it was okay. Oh, um, that's good. Some of it was bad. Um, <laughs> I liked. I, I like things about it. I like the, that they went a little different with Krypton and some of the science stuff. I like the departures, and um, but I. Some stuff was really stupid, but uh, and the action was fun. I'm not a big Zack Snyder fan. It was entertaining. Uh, I think I'll probably watch Man of Steel. A lot of lens point. flare. Yeah. Uh, I was actually talking to my wife about this, and she was saying, like the the thing that works with Batman, uh, like the actors that play Batman, the ones that have done a good job, are there. They do a good job of coming off as charismatic, but also being a little bit weird, and you feel like right. they have a secret. Like Michael Keaton did a really good job with that hmm. because he's such a weird dude, but he's charismatic in his own strange way. Right. right. And then I thought Christian Bale did a good job as well. I don't love those movies, but I thought yeah. he was, you know, I right. thought he was a good Batman. And Clooney. And and that's why Clooney was bad, and Val Kilmer was right. bad. And it's, I, did, I I don't see that from Ben Affleck. Right. But hmm. you know, we'll see. I don't we'll know. See. He's he's fine. I just watched. What, some... what about when he played Jack Ryan? Did he play Jack Ryan twice? Yeah. I think. Oh, I just saw a movie with Ben Affleck in it, and he wasn't good. It was called Runner Runner. Oh yeah, I oh, heard yeah. about that. That was terrible. It was not. Good. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was like, uh, this has Gemma Arterton in it. I like her, yeah. and uh, Justin Timberlake is in it, and he used to date Britney Spears. So who knows? Maybe it'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh. I I think the odds are fifty fifty. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for the question, Mark. If you guys have questions, you can send those questions to podcast at bigplanetcomics.com or you can tweet us at bigplanetcomics or you can send it to our Facebook. Mm-hmm. Does anybody check the Facebook anymore? Yeah. Sometimes. There All you time. go. I don't ever go on Facebook, so I don't know. Oh. Uh, or you can uh, ask us on Tumblr. Yeah. Uh, Kelly's been doing a good job running our, our Tumblr Tumblr's over there. Much cooler. So SO2 Kelly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> All right. You guys want to do some reviews? Sure. Let's do it. 
We love comics, they're swell. Except when they're written by Scott Lovedell. Hey, congratulations, DC. No like more Scott Lovedell books. It's time for <laughs> reviews. All right, up first this week, we have a book called Alone Forever. This is uh, a collection of Liz Prince short stuff. She calls it a singles collection. Yeah. And well yeah, published by Top Shelf. And Liz Prince is, uh, what, what does Liz Prince do? I, she, mostly she just like posts stuff on the internet. Yeah, she won the Ignats for Will You Still Love Me If I Wet the Bed, I think. Oh, yeah, so. yeah which was another collection of yep. stuff, right? So she's very good with the uh, emotional slash drama slash romantic slash personal stories. Yeah, and these are just like short little funny things about her life. <clears throat> Which uh, are funny often because things go terribly for her and she has a lot of trouble with relationships. But she's very observant of how humorous this can be yeah i think i think one of the best things about this book is just like how honest it seems like she is yeah. Yeah. about one her feelings about herself yeah and then especially also her feelings about other people yeah <laughs> uh there's there's one of the comics early on where she's like talking about the things that she doesn't say to people but she wants to when she first meets them mm-hmm. like when people tell her that they love her comics and she's like of course you do or else you'd be an idiot yep <laughs> and there's a lot of relationship stuff in here that's really funny and um i don't know it's, her adventures yeah. on okay cupid are which are, yeah, yeah. yeah she goes through all the people that she actually went on dates with and the pluses and minuses which are astounding she's like i wish there was a button to block out pictures people with pictures of them in the shirtless which would be good and she she has a simple style but it's really funny and expressive yeah, yeah. and um yeah it's just a good funny book yeah. touching and amusing yes yeah <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot to say it's because no, each, one, each one's its own joke and you know yeah, you don't want like one page gags and... some are longer like the okay cupid one but most right. are shorts yeah but yeah. i think it's definitely worth checking out also like a cool valentine's book if you need to get somebody a it's valentine's true. day present or if you're alone forever then you can just read it yourself yeah i'm tasked with writing a valentine's day comic oh really and i'm struggling so much with it <laughs> yeah because i i asked liz prince for a suggestion i should i should just steal stuff out of this book and well uh did you notice that um Netflix is releasing all of House of Cards season two on Valentine's Day. Are they? I tried to watch so House of Cards yesterday and I could not get into it. Oh, it's so good. I really? didn't like how he was talking to the camera. I don't oh, know that's uh, that's one of my favorite parts. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I loved it in Parker Lewis. <laughs> hey, Parker Lewis this is a great show. Kubiak. Can't uh, lose. All right. Up next, we have Ant Colony. This is the new uh, Michael DeForge book and it's a collection of his. Uh, it's been all published on the web, I think, at this point, right? Yeah. But uh, Drawn and Quarterly collected it all in a nice big hardcover. It is the prettiest. Sweet Jesus, this book is great. <laughs> um, if you haven't read any of it, it's basically, it's really weird. Uh, first of all, it's got a weird, you know, Michael DeForge basically style. I don't even know. Like yeah, nobody just, else. Oh, yeah, like, Michael DeForge, yeah. by the way, d- does what? Lose. And yeah. he's a designer on um, Adventure Time. And a collection of his other shorts called Very Casual just came out from right. Yeah, he does a lot of cool stuff. Well, he does Elizabeth of Canada for Oily Comics. He's good. Yep. So this is basically about a colony of ants who pretty much act like humans. Um, they talk like humans, but they're, they're ants. And they it's the craziest thing I've ever read. There's uh, their queen. They all go into the queen's... Uh, to uh, in private areas to and impregnate her. do things to impregnate her and make more ants. And they all... Um, they have various dealing with various dangers around the colony. Like, uh, somebody eats something that they're like, Oh, uh, it's a, a sugar cube. And they start eating it and then they, the person dies and they're like, Oh, it's, uh, 
It's like imitation sugar and uh, and it's poisonous. It's dance. poisonous dance. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I thought that myth was fake. And he's like, clearly, it's not. <laughs> yeah, but it's like sweet and low. Basically, there you go. Yeah, like um, they're so neurotic. I think is the best part. Like all these characters are right. all the. And the characterizations of the other kind of insects is really funny. Like a uh, uh, centipede comes by and he's just like, yeah, yeah, awesome. Uh, life rules. And he's just like <laughs> driving through the scene. And then he gets killed by a wolf spider. Um, and the wolf spiders in this are drawn like spiders with wolf heads. Yeah, their and they're very terrifying because they have eyes inside of their mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah, his art style is just bananas. It's But the bigger story here is about basically... Uh, there's a few few main characters. There's a there's a police officer ant who uh, whose partner gets killed by red red ants. There's like a murder investigation, and it leads them to these red ants who are drinking the juice left over from wolf spiders when they're mating, um, and it makes them insane. It's like um, a drug. Yeah, and they they build giant sculptures out of ant body parts that look like spiders yeah. to attract more spiders. Um, so yeah, there's the, the story of the cop. There's the father and son. The son uh, find his dad tells him how if you cut an earthworm up, it'll just keep oh, splitting yeah. up and growing into two earthworms, then three earthworms. Like the more you cut it, the more it'll split. And he basically puts it in a blender and inhales it and becomes like the chosen one. Yeah, um, <laughs> and it's insane. Um, and then there's bees that cover his face in pollen and. There's all sorts of crazy things that happen in this, but yeah, it all comes together at the end. It seems like a bunch of vignettes at first, but it gets bigger. Like every page or two is a vignette, but it switches between all the different character storylines and ties them together at the end. It's just so bizarre and so, I don't know, so wrong. Everything about it, it's like so disturbing all the way through, but really funny at the same time. It's great. Yeah, what would you even compare it to? The, forming maybe uh, maybe the jesse moynihan comic yeah. or 1-800-MICE <laughs> yeah yeah we need to do his new book on the next episode or which one, one? Infomaniacs. infomaniacs yeah the oh. new matt thurber book yeah um yeah so good there's so many weird things that happen in this yeah this, there's some inbred ants yeah um, again not for everyone but if this sounds at all interesting it will blow your mind in the best way of what comics can do yeah do you think if somebody hasn't read michael deforges is a good place to start i think yeah, so not? actually yeah, yeah why like, not no, like like very casual. Good place I feel is like a little even more extreme in some ways, and I feel like having a bigger ongoing story helps. So it's pretty interesting. It's, cool, it, I loved it. Yeah. That's Ant Colony by Michael <laughs> DeForge. Uh, all right, up next we have the Hartlepool Monkey. Oh boy, uh, this is written by Wilfred Lupano with art by Jeremy Moreau. Uh, this is another amazing translation of a French one. It won at I believe at Angoulême the Rendezvous de l'Histoire, which I guess means. It's good meeting of the story or something. I don't know how you'd actually translate that. Uh, so apparently this is based on a real thing. Yeah, that's what I read which too. Which blew is my mind. So Because I was like, I've never heard of this. And then I looked up Hartlepool Monkey and I was yeah. like, wait, what? Yeah, because <laughs> it gets to the end of the story. I was like, whoa. Uh, but basically the idea, uh, the opening scene is a uh, French ship back in the Napoleonic Wars era is cruising off of the coast of Britain, keeping an eye on the Brits. And as their mascot, they have a monkey who, as a joke, they it's keep... a chimpanzee. Oh, sorry. A chimpanzee. Jeez, Jared. <laughs> Isn't he part of the monkey family? No, it's an ape. But they call him a monkey. There we go. Because they don't know. The Hartlepool chimpanzee. A Frenchman. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, so that's the thing. So they keep him dressed up in a, a French 
uniform because like a naval uniform. yeah they just think that's fun and funny but then the ship uh sinks and the only thing that washes up on shore besides the wreckage that is alive is this monkey and a little boy and a little boy yes yes but that we come to that later uh and so this monkey uh these you know very simple peasants living in this little seaside village find this monkey and automatically assume since he's wearing the uniform that he is a frenchman because they know nothing about these foreign foes who've been blockading and they've never seen a frenchman and they're just like they're ugly and gross and that's just probably what they look like and they're like and we heard napoleon's really short yep and so So. there's just like every prejudice and like every possible thing about it and uh, yeah, they bring in like an old seer or whatever, and yeah. he's like, "I can smell him, and he stinks." And Frenchmen stink. stink. Yeah, and then it's like yeah, it's an old uh, veteran, and then he brings out a cannon and tries to kill him with the cannon. Yeah, so it's just basically like this town reacted to this, and basically like trying to figure out what do we do with this prisoner? Should we execute him? Should they we have send a trial? Him? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the boy who washes up uh, was, was he a cabin boy? He remember. was like a deckhand cabin yeah, boy was, who yeah. was who was basically forced to walk the plank for no good reason. Yeah, because yeah. he, he was he was, he was raised by a, English uh, maid. Yeah, yeah, and he was singing a song that they so didn't luckily, like. yeah, he speaks some English, so he manages to just meet a bunch of the local kids and is kind of swept up in this thing to just follow the story of how just I don't know people go insane and how brutal and insensitive and so everything is. This is a real story, so I'm kind of going to yeah. spoil the ending, but. Basically, they they've tri- they put a trial on and they find him guilty of whatever being a Frenchman and they, they hang him. So at the end, it's just like a hanging monkey. And it's, it's pretty. It's that's pretty not even gruesome. the end. That's like towards the end. It's just right. like yeah. Um, and there's a few other interesting things that happen. And I don't know. It's kind it's of great. lighthearted for a it's while. Very, it's very lighthearted yeah. and then kind of it's goofy. And even even and that, weird people and I mean like, that's such a preposterous situation. So. And that scene is so much more brutal because of it. Yeah, and then I think that's the point. It's still kind of funny at the end, but it's like still like Jesus. And then when you read that the ending, you're like oh, this is all real and you know, loosely based. I mean, it's like it's kind of almost like a myth, not a myth. Yeah, sure, like it's a like a urban local legend. Legends, or yeah, and they still call they still talk about these people like in Hartlepool like as monkey hangers or whatever yeah and uh the art style is really cool it's like uh, it's i don't even know what it's like i mean it's it's obviously very european and yeah. french very cartoony but yeah. it's but it's a little looser maybe then you know maybe, maybe it reminds me of christoph blaine a little bit yeah um but it's yeah like very anime everything and it's really animated yeah and, it looks like uh, an animation movie almost and the colors are really great and yeah if you like if you like that kind of christoph blaine uh johan Svar, louis trondheim stuff right. i think you'll dig the art in this and uh yeah i think it's a cool book right yeah really intense yeah and just kind of surprising i had never even heard of it yeah me neither. I, I guess i i guess we ordered it yeah. but uh, <laughs> once it showed up i was like what is this it's beautiful yeah yeah, yeah and, it, and it looks great um yeah, that's Hartlepool Monkey. Yeah. So many great things this week. Yeah. Uh, well, now we got one million Marvel books. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Before we get to those, since there's so many of them, let's do Turok the Dinosaur Hunter. All let's right. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, the first of what are going to be a few of these gold key Four, things. at least. Yeah. Turok, uh, Magnus Robot Fighter. Solar. Yeah. And then whatever the other one is. But uh, yeah, they tried to do this a couple of years ago. I think Valiant did. Is this Valiant again? No, this is Dynamite this is now. Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, so this is written by Greg Pak, who we talked about a little earlier because he's writing uh, action comics now. He also wrote um, Planet Hulk and a bunch of other stuff. And the art in this is by Mirko Kolak. Kolak? Yep. I don't know. They are the creative team of Red Skull Incarnate from uh, a few years ago. Which oh, we weird. Loved. Yep. Yeah. Was that the thing that was like Magneto Testament? Yeah, yeah. Yep. About Red Skull when he was a kid? Yeah. Weird. Yep. I didn't realize those were the same people. We didn't either. Um, 
I actually, when I saw this on the shelf, I was like, oh, this doesn't look good. Because the cover is not that great, I yeah. don't think. Yeah, it's all right. But the art on the inside is really cool. And yeah, it's I didn't, really I didn't realize it was the same guys. So this is, uh, I don't know how true to the original Tur- Turok story this is. Have, I think there's been at least two Turok versions. <laughs> like I one like there's been so many different iterations of it. Like the 50s, like very, very old. And then like kind of 90s one. that There was got, definitely a 90s one around the right, time. Right, and that was the one that made it out. big and kept turning into a video <laughs> yeah. game. Because that was when that. Acclaim had their own comics yep. right. company. Uh, yeah, just a little side note. When that video game came out, Acclaim had a contest. And if you named your child Turok... They would give you $10,000, and somebody did it. <laughs> oh, who, why wouldn't that's you? That's a pretty awesome name. Uh, yeah, fights sure. dinosaurs. Yeah, uh, Turok Dinosaur Hunter. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is about a, a Native American who's kind of like a lone wolf, I would say. Right. And because and of that, cast. yeah, because of that, he gets a lot of guff from the rest of his tribe. Yeah. Uh, because he, you know, they feel like you need a community, and it seems like he can yeah, just well, live his out family, on his, his own. His parents got killed, so he's kind of feels outside of them for that but yeah. definitely chooses not to integrate or try to get along with people and his name is turok uh-huh and uh is he a hunter of dinosaurs he well he isn't when it starts oh he's go a, on he's a fisher of fish i see <laughs> he's generally living off the land in the woods yeah so uh basically um he gets in a fight with these guys and then they have a big i don't know a big meeting a big powwow <laughs> right. well it's also <laughs> they say like his parents were his mom was a witch or something so there's some definite yeah, he's and like yeah, people he's are. It seems like they're scared of him at yeah. the same time as being mm-hmm. sort of annoyed by him. Yeah. But then a bunch of dinosaurs show up, yeah, and start killing people. And um, but it's not like oh the dinosaurs have come. It's like everyone is freaking out. They're like, what are those things? Yeah, it does slaughtering people. It doesn't seem by like. By the way, the dinosaurs in this issue are raptors, and they or maybe they're raptors. Yeah, they seem raptor like raptors, types. and they have um, a cross branded into their hides. <laughs> Oh, which ties into the end. So should we say what happens in the end of this book? Yeah, why not? We kind of have to. It's yeah. it's such a good twist ending. So then um, uh, a bunch of crusaders show up. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's it. This book is crazy. Yeah. They claim <laughs> they land uh, claiming the new world for King John and Jesus. Yeah. You guys. They've got. Nick was saying you thought they were full of dinosaurs. Conquistadors maybe. But they definitely look like crusaders. They're like yep. straight up like richard the lion are yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, except they have dinosaurs in cages they have big yeah. templar crosses I mean, it's, on it's their chest king john was king when richard was crusading so yeah this is exactly when that takes place yeah it's so like, it's 1210 uh, except yep. this is in the united states yep right. which with the, dinosaurs well, with dinosaurs yeah i was gonna say the crusaders never came to the u.s Correct. right yeah but no, also they, they never had dinosaurs, <laughs> yeah, they they had dinosaurs. Had dinosaurs. that part is accurate yeah so i'm quite curious like because obviously you know the crusades were just like riling up europe to go fight a foreign land it's like how do they decide to come over here so i think it's they wrote pterodactyls yeah uh yeah so uh, all in all like i while i was reading this comic i was like "Ah, i don't know what i think about this like it's pretty cool like it's actually pretty well written more than i would think a tarak comic would be yep but uh yeah once all that stuff happens at the end i was like okay i gotta read the next issue and the art's art's great yeah the art is good it's uh you know it reminds me of something like uh chris samney like that kind of maybe a little bit simpler style Mm. i don't know but uh yeah it it was actually a good comic i did not expect it to be good 
Because right. Dynamite does not typically put out stuff that I'm into. Right. And uh, I remember the last time Turok the Dinosaur Hunter got relaunched, and it was not great. Yeah. yeah. Also, Turok 2 for Nintendo 64, not a very good game, so I didn't <laughs> yeah. have high hopes. But it's got that guy in it, the Confederate soldier. Oh, what is what? his name? Oh, There's a see, Confederate that, so soldier. That play, so, see, that Turok takes place during, like, Confederate time, like, Civil oh. War times, which doesn't even make any sense. Like, oh, sure. Was well, there a lot of like Native Jabba Americans, Dia. like, yeah. living in woods? During the Civil War? Hello, Dances with Wolves right after the Civil War. <laughs> I guess. Come it, on. Is there... But not like this. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> What's that guy's name? Were like, like who are these people? Something? That's true. I don't know. I'm looking. I don't even up. know what you're talking about. So, what? <laughs> anyway. This is oh, a lot. Amazing. There's a lot of similarities with this comic in Pocahontas, by the way. <laughs> I'll just say I'll just the say dinosaurs. Uh, I think you were making a joke about how dances with wolves is exactly like Pokemon. No, no, no. This no. comic, uh, I, oh, there was something I was because re- I recently watched rewatched Pokemon. There was some part in this where I was like, "That's right out of Pokemon." I can't remember what it was though. There's a scene where I was like, "This is specifically from Pokemon." Uh, yeah, and that's Turok, <laughs> that's Turok. <laughs> the dinosaur hunter. All right, so now we have just a slew. Of new Marvel books that came They're out. relaunching everything and a couple of new ones. Should we just go... Should we go from worst to best? Or? Yes. Okay. So, up first, Wolverine number one. <laughs> uh, and actually, none of these are bad. Yeah, right. this is uh, good to great. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, maybe okay to great. But uh, Wolverine go. number one. This is written by Paul Cornell, who wrote uh, Captain Britain and MI-13, that book where Dracula lives on the moon. And Wolverine. Yeah, he's been. Oh, writing. has he been writing Wolverine? Yeah, he's been writing yep. Wolverine. Okay, well, this is better. Literally than... Literally a relaunch. Yeah, <laughs> this is. Yeah, what was Wolverine on issue nine? I think it got to thirteen. <laughs> something. Like and that. they relaunched no, it. Yeah, something like that. Thirteen, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but so yeah, this was the one where a couple people came in and they were like, "Wait, are there two Wolverine series called Wolverine right now?" I'm like, "No, they just started with a new number one yeah, already." Yeah. The most egregious relaunch of a number one. But it's it's it feels like a number one. Uh, it's a good point. If, to you re- it, if you've but... been reading the Wolverine storyline before that, uh, Wolverine lost his healing factor recently and got maimed by Sabretooth. Yeah, all you um, need to know going into this is that Wolverine does not have his healing factor. Right. Or who Wolverine is, but there's definitely a time jump in this. Um, it seems to be like sometime later, like months later. Um, and Wolverine is now working with this crew of superpowered people and they're doing heists and just whatever this... Uh, Kind of mob bossy character tells him to do. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, it's like not clear. Like there's a little. I mean, intentionally, like you're not supposed to know what's going on exactly. But what is the guy's name? Um, like the offer. The offer. Yeah, because he people always take his offers. I guess or something like that. Yep, he makes um, the best possible offer. Yeah. So in Wolverine, this is wearing a suit of armor um, because he doesn't have healing factor, and he also has guns because his usual fighting style is basically just running towards people and just flailing around until they die and he can't really do that now because if he gets close <laughs> he can get killed yeah. and uh wolverine's sort of a bad guy in this yeah so that's the thing i think i think the main thing going on in here is the mystery of like why is wolverine acting like this is yep. he is he a bad guy is he not a bad it's guy not only he's going he on these missions, but he seems to be doing bad things yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh i thought it was fun enough i thought uh the time jumps were really uh disorienting a little bit uh disorientating i can't remember, i can't remember what it is but uh but they always say like five weeks earlier sure but it's still weird and yeah. i don't i don't know if it, it really serves the purpose like serves the story that much right. but uh i will say um some of the dialogue is really snappy and funny. Right. And uh, I think Ryan Stegman's art on this 
Uh, by the way, this is drawn by Ryan Stegman, right. who drew a bunch of Superior Spider-Man. Uh, I think it's probably the best art I've seen from Stegman. So, so yeah, that's good. Great. He does a great Wolverine, like this this Wolverine face. Yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds me of like an Art Adams, Nick Bradshaw kind of thing. Kind of a chunkier Wolverine. Yeah, too a little fat, yeah. fat butt Wolverine. Right. Uh, yeah, and. Yeah, if you like Wolverine, I think from what I read of the previous series, which was also written by Paul Cornell, I think this is better already. Like, it's more yeah. interesting to me. Yeah, it's got more of a kind of a bigger story. Um, kind of, it they let him do something a little more different, more different, a little more interesting with Wolverine that that hasn't been done in a long time. I would say though, if you're going to jump into a Wolverine series right now, I would uh, I would read savage wolverine which just with the last issue started a new storyline oh, yeah, that's actually pretty, pretty awesome so. and all those have been different storylines so yeah, yeah. So you can just and jump on whenever cur- a new team comes on the current one is about wolverine uh dealing with bootleggers yeah oh no it's pretty yeah great. it's pretty great oh, he's bootlegging himself <laughs> he is now he is yeah yeah uh all right up next we have punisher number one. Oh boy this is written by nathan edmondson who's writing who's currently writing the black widow series and probably listeners of the podcast would know him mostly as the writer of who is jake ellis and where is jake ellis mm-hmm. he also wrote dream merchant and uh the activity he's a busy guy he's a busy yep. guy yeah. uh and typically i haven't been too into his marvel stuff but i feel like with black widow and this he's maybe hit his stride a little bit he's killing it uh so <laughs> this first issue starts off with a kind of seemingly random group of um military like spe- special ops people doing an extraction and then it cuts to the punisher uh killing a bunch of guys in the bayou well in mexico oh like bayou billy it's in mexico so i don't know if it counts as a bayou but uh somebody gets their hand blown Jungle. off and fed to alligators um but the basic premise of this story is frank castle decides he's going to go up against the cartel uh in LA in mexico and so uh that's what he does and he just kills a lot of people. <laughs> he really does um, kill a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah, one scene, he kills, like, hundreds. Um, but it's it's good. I don't know. It's really well written. I think it's really funny. He's got kind of a, an interesting um, cast of, uh, like, like, supporting cast uh, where he just goes to a diner and talks to this old guy all the time. And, and a di- cop who's on right. duty. And, so and the, the dialogue with him and the, in the, uh, the diner owner is really, is really funny. Does Chip still exist? No, not not the microchip. original microchip, oh. but the the other one who was like into punk rock. Oh, the like his kid. Yeah, yeah, sort of. I can't remember what happened. But he's not in this. But uh, no. yeah, I, I think they did a, like one one thing. The Punisher always kind of has to have is like this cast of informants and yeah, whatever. Right. It's what they did well in like Welcome Back, Frank. And I think yeah, I think I like the kind of support. Yeah, and this one he's he got this. literally a guy who works for the military who's supplying him with all his weapons, and it's kind of like saying I. I'm approving of what you're doing, and here's stuff to help you, which I always think is an interesting thing. That the flip side to the Punisher is that a lot of people think he should be out killing all these people. So right, and he's a little more a chatty in this one. Yeah, and, and there's actually a little bit of humor in it, which is good because you know I don't. The don't touch, lot. don't touch my gun is a pretty good. Uh, it's pretty great. Yeah, is that, he, he's pretty. He's often written as a one note character, so it's nice to see him and just developed up a little. Yeah, he's more than just like a force of nature in this. Like right. you kind of see him planning a little bit and right. I feel like that was maybe a thing with that side character of, like, Microchip or whatever. It was always just, like, yeah. like that guy would set up everything and then Punisher would just go in and shoot people. But yeah. And I like that this is, you know, it's different. That he's not in New York fighting organized crime. He's going after, you know, a massive cartel. And so there's kind of a bigger story there. And also the uh, opening 
first few pages are a special forces team operating down in Africa or something. Yep. In Africa. And they get in Togo. sent to, on a new mission. Yes. Which is which shows up again bit. at the end. Yep. And they're sent to take down Frank Castle. But and they, they are, are a familiar organization, but we yep, won't say who they are. Pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I was like, I wait, that what? was a nice, <laughs> nice touch. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I think Edmondson's doing pretty good with this. I, I'm I'm really loving his stuff on Black Widow, yeah. though. Yeah. Uh, and also in Black Widow 3 and Punisher number 1, uh, people are eaten by crocodiles. <laughs> it's a touch. In both of these comics. <laughs> uh, and this is also drawn by Mitch Jarrett, too. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Well, this one was crocodiles, and I think the Black Widow one was alligators. I think that was crocodiles go. as well. Weren't they both in Buenos Aires? <laughs> oh, maybe. Oh, really? Um, well, a lot of crocodiles there. Speaking of Runner Runner. Also, a, a movie where people are eaten by crocodiles. Oh, really? Yeah, so maybe Nathan Edmondson saw that movie. <laughs> he was like, this is bad. I'm going to do it better. But yeah, uh, M- Mitch Gerard's art is cool. Yeah, yeah he drew he does uh, the activity. Zero, right? Oh, okay. Or is it the activity? Yeah. He, he probably did the issue of Zero as well. Yeah. But he also does the activity with Nathan Edmondson. There you go. Which I believe is probably on hiatus for a while. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. well, it already is on yeah. hiatus, I think. Uh, all right, up next we have Loki, Agent of Asgard, number one. This is... Uh, uh, written by Al Ewing, who has been writing Mighty Avengers. Which is great. Yep. And uh, art by Lee Garbett, who, well, I know he drew the Loki thing in Marvel. I can't ever remember doing what that thing is called. All new Marvel, Marvel now, now point one. Point one I, I feel like this is his first bigger book where he's like doing an ongoing. But, uh, doing fill-ins here and there. Yeah, but I think his art is cool in this. So basically, this book starts out with uh, Loki stabbing Thor through the chest. Oh, yep. <laughs> in the back through the chest. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, but, the, you know, there's a sword going through his chest and yeah, but blood is... Loki, Loki style from behind. Spurting out. And in kind of a, what I kind of get annoyed with, and then it's like... You know, five days Usually, earlier or all, whatever. All they got. Yeah, it's it's what they do and everything. But it's fine. It's like you get your hook and, and you do what you do. Yeah. So so uh so we then cut to Loki. This is the teen Loki that's come mm-hmm. out of uh he's a little bit older now than the version from Young Avengers, I believe. Um Well he gets aged in Young Avengers in the last few issues. And uh it's basically about him just like breaking into Avengers Tower and then trying to convince the Avengers that they should trust him. And that he should be able to kill Thor. Yeah, and that he should be able to kill Thor. And uh for some reason they believe him. I guess it's because he's the trickster Loki. He's good at tricking people. <laughs> well they don't believe him. Well they believe him a little bit. <laughs> they believe him more than they should. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of tricks going on. In um this. Well he gets them to fight each other, which is pretty uh, He does get them to yeah. fight each other. And then um I don't know, should we talk about what happens at the end? I don't know. No. It's a pretty crazy twist. Yeah, I think I, I think we should that's that's I think it's a big enough thing to that we shouldn't talk about it. But yeah, yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a cool last page, let's put it that way. There's a cool last page and uh kind of uh, you learn a little bit about his motivations and why he's doing that. But I think all that stuff is stuff you should just read in this comic. Because it's kind of the thing that makes this comic interesting. And it ties every, all of his history kind of <laughs> together in one kind of bigger narrative. Um, and I, his characterization is great. If you like Young Avengers, he's exactly the same as he is in Young Avengers. Yeah, I think characterization that's wise. I think that's the best thing about this. Like the uh, the art is pretty solid, actually. Um, yeah. It's it's pretty straightforward, but you know it's well drawn. Yeah. But yeah, the the um, the dialogue and his characterization it's just really yeah. funny and uh, just fun to read. The pacing of this book is great. It was right. just like fun. Yeah, it's really fun and funny. It's you know feels like a like a Marvel Universe spy book. It's and with fantasy stuff, it's great. Yeah, yeah. with Loki. Everybody loves Loki. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's Loki, Agent of Asgard, number one. Really good. Um, but then there's one book that came out this week that is just better than all the other books. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is Miss Marvel, number one. This is written by G. Willow Wilson, who wrote Cairo and wrote Air and uh, more Several recently. novels. Yeah, she's she's written a bunch of stuff. And uh, the art in this is by Adrian Alfana, who drew Runaways. I got to say, though, his, his art in this is like... 
next level. Like it's yeah. it's so good. Um, all right, so Miss Marvel. Well, Jared, why don't you tell people what Miss Marvel's about? Go for it. Uh, this is about a young uh, Pakistani American named Kamala Khan and the troubles she has trying to fit into school and figure out how she can sneak out and go to a party. She lives in Jersey, pretty much. Yep, Jersey City, even worse. But. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, so it's basically a teen drama culture clash book. Uh, she's got kind of like more conservative friends and less conservative friends, and it's all just about how do you fit in, how do you make friends, who should you be hanging out with. People might have a crush on her. She's interested in some people. There's a party, and her parents are a mix of, I don't know, trying to deal with her and still raise a good kid and her trying to be a good American. You know, yeah, a lot of it's about her trying to struggles, <clears throat> trying to fit into like her her parents' ideas of how she should be, but also at the same time she wants to have fun, you know. So yep. right. uh, she's obsessed with the Avengers. Oh, that's yeah, that's the, the Marvel hook is that she's very into the superhero scene, right? And um, she even writes fan fiction, I believe, about the Avengers. Yeah, at one point. which is pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, yeah, and then so she goes out to this party, and kind of a, a mysterious mist appears, right? And uh, then some crazy stuff happens, and again, I don't know if we should talk about what happens at the end of this. No. Nope. But uh, I will say... If you did read the Marvel Point 1, this definitely takes place before Before that. that. But uh, yeah, I, I'll just say she kind of gets what she wants at the end, but maybe right. it's not quite what she expected. Yep. Right. Uh, it, the main thing with this book is it's just so well written. I mean, the art it's the so art good. is great, too. Yeah. It's Everything um, it's, is super lively. Yeah. And just like cartoony enough to really get people's personalities yeah. and cool looks to them. But her family life is great her dynamic with her parents is interesting um her her brother, di- yeah. yeah and her brother her brother's really funny yeah, <laughs> like basically true. her brother um thinks that mo- all jobs are below him like right. be- because they're part of his calling to allah yeah he's but his father biased to the point where he's like kind of doing nothing with his life yeah and his father's like uh you know that doesn't stop you from like you can criticize my job but it doesn't stop you somehow from eating the food that i'm putting on the table yep. right now which is really funny their relationship is fine her dad is hilarious yeah actually. and all yeah. the all the dialogues rings very true um which is is cool like everything they seem like real people and i don't know it's great yeah it's just <clears throat> i think it's one of these you know this kind of to me, what seems like a little bit of a new breed of Marvel book where it's just like they really get into these characters' lives and it's less yeah. about um, what they're fighting and more about, like, who they are. It's like what Hawkeye is. Right. Like what Spider-Man started out at. Like, it's the, it's the original idea behind Marvel. Right. It's like, right. people. Like, these are you. The, these people are you. And yep. they uh, get superpowers sometimes. People, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's a really great book. It's so easy to read. The, it's Everything about it was awesome. I really yeah, loved it. I think it was probably my favorite wonderful. thing that came out this week. Yep. Me too. Um, and I would highly recommend anybody pick it up. Uh, it's been getting a lot of attention. It was yeah. in the Washington Post and all over the place. So yeah. uh, that is Miss Marvel number one. And that's it for this week's podcast, you guys. That's it? Yep. Yeah. Just those... Just those bunch of books. of great comments. Yeah. Are there going to be a million Marvel number ones next week, too? Probably. I don't think there's a bunch. Not right away, but they'll be rolling a lot more on one a week. Yeah. Yeah, So I think the next wave will be Silver Surfer and She-Hulk and... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Next week is She-Hulk. She-Hulk next (laughs) week? Oh, I'm excited about that. Okay. Well, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Yeah. See you next week. See you next time. Bye.